0: I don't have any of the fun banners or anything that, that Raj does. Hey, all right. Welcome to another episode of Woodward Tigers. I am your host, Chris Brown. A- alongside me are uh, Youp, John, and we got Cameron, uh, a special guest today. Uh, our usual intrepid host, Rahelio, is taking a much-needed break uh, from hosting and doing everything and, and also jury duty. And he's off at uh, some concert of a person I've never heard of because I'm not very up on music. But... Uh, so he's enjoying uh, uh, a bit of a break, and we're going to talk about all the various baseball and Tigers news that has gone down over the last week or so. We had the GM meetings, we had a lot of roster movement, and uh, yeah, there's there's a fair amount of stuff to discuss. But I don't think we're going to be going on for too long tonight. But uh, man, we can get we can get right into it. If we want to do that, or we can say hello to each other. I don't know. I don't know how well that does for podcasts.
1: <laughs> we have a lot of small stuff we need to get through, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I uh, John, you put together the, the show sheet after uh, I said I would and then didn't. because That's how I roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, we can start with the, the control chatter. But I guess i will just go back a little bit to the GM meetings began uh, on Las Vegas, which is kind of like prelude to the winter meetings, right? It's uh, it's just for the GMs, I guess. I don't know, uh, but we we got uh, you know about various tigers. Reporters got a chance to talk to Scott Harris, and he was pretty open and forthright about you know the the plans. You know, he wasn't talking about players specifically, but he came right out and said a few things. He, he said that they're looking for uh, right-handed hitting outfielder, which probably spelled doom for Daz Cameron, as he that's what he was. Uh, <laughs> the left-handed hitting infielder and pitching. He said they can always use pitching. So I, I mean, we can kind of start right there if we want to. I, I don't know. Uh, did it surprise you anybody that he, he was. Uh, you know, so specific?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I have been searching for uh, private jets coming out of New York with tall gentlemen (laughs) flying to Detroit. I haven't found that yet, though. Uh, So I don't know if the right-handed power will be Aaron Judge. But it was interesting. I mean, he he did not, you know, he didn't treat us to the vague GM speak uh, to really just kind of lay out there what, what three options really are for them. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, let's face it. They were completely bereft of right-handed power in the outfield last year. It's a fairly obvious need. Um, and I thought it was interesting that he kind of boiled it down to really only two batters, uh, two two offensive positions, uh, because I think it speaks to, you know, people expect a lot of change this year, but it's hard to have a, a wholesale change of an entire lineup in one offseason. So if they're targeting two specific areas, that makes a lot of sense. And then maybe they'll see what else they run into.
3: Yeah. Right-handed bats in the outfield. The name that came to mind for like maybe Brandon Drury. I believe he said a left-handed infield bat. Um, I know Raj was a big Colton Wong guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was refreshing for him to be just so open and honest about it and not, you know, give those vague kind of, you know, we'll look at what we have to get better. He was, he basically just put it out there. Like, this is what we're looking for. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, I appreciate for my Tigers that. fandom. Uh,
0: most of my time, the GMs have either been uh, extremely cagey, like Dave Dombrowski, uh who would be like, I don't know, maybe we'll do something. Or he wouldn't <laughs> even say that. And then suddenly they've acquired like eight people or it's Avila, who was, I think often talked without thinking or planning anything. And, and Scott Harris seems to be a nice mix of the two. We don't know yet if he's a, uh, like, you know, a poker player and he's, he's, you know, lying about what he's going to do, or I'm sure he'll come out and say, yeah, well, you know, a good opportunity arose. But, you know, I, I think you touched on it, John, and maybe Cameron, you can speak to this a little bit if you want. Um, I, I was kind of uh, pleasantly surprised by the, they just put out a list of all the players who were on the injured list and what they've been dealing with and where they are in the rehab right now, which is just something we never saw. I've never, I've never seen that from the Tigers in, in,
1: decades. Uh. Yeah. Um I mean it, it, was, it wasn't anything surprising. I think everything they said was kind of what we expected. Um kind of Matt Manning was left like it was in the air like what's happening to Manning. They cleared that up and then everyone else is about where we expected. Um which it's not surprising, but it's good to have confirmation at the start of the off season what's happening to the injured players. And then they also just added everyone from the 60-day IL back to the 40-man, including Funk Funkhauser, which yeah. I think he was the only one on the 60-day IL. That was kind of a toss-up, but he got added back. So yeah. what what
3: happened to Funkhauser, if, if you don't mind me asking? You know, I don't know that they ever
0: really gave a specific diagnosis. <laughs> I thought it was his shoulder.
3: Okay. Yeah, um, I... Pulled you were it kind of up projecting here.
0: thoracic outlet surgery at some point.
3: Yeah, because I remember he had a pretty decent year, from what I could remember.
1: Yeah, Kyle Funkhouser, right shoulder strain, is working on shoulder range of motion, strength, and scap con- scap control. He is currently in the pre-throwing phase of his program, so hopefully ready for spring training.
0: Yeah, but just that though, that description of what what he's working on to get better is we would never have heard any of that certainly not in a press release or a picture or anything like that, a a manager or front office member may have said something before. So to me, that's one of the first indications that we're going to get a little bit more transparency from the Scott Harris administration. We'll see how that goes down the, the, down the line, but it is one of those things that like, they never had to be so cagey about it before. This isn't when Raj and I were talking about this, he kind of compared it to the Red Wings, uh, you know, where where it's a, it's an upper body injury, a lower body injury. Well, that makes sense in in (laughs) hockey because, you don't want other teams targeting your players where they're hurt. In baseball, like, yeah, he's out. How's he doing? I don't
1: know. So, I don't know. I, I, I like this. I think this Speaking fun. of uh, pitching injuries, should we mention Tigers hire Iowa pitching coach Robin Lund Lund as assistant pitching coach? A guy with a Ph.D. in exercise physiology from University of Iowa, Idaho? Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was here so, in yeah. Iowa.
2: Um, you know, the baseball program in Iowa, uh, it's not as big or as popular as the baseball program at some schools, but it does get a little play around here. Um, and I think Lund was getting, um, a lot of credit for, uh, you know, they put a fair number of guys into the pros over the last few years and he is obviously different when they call him a scientist first (laughs) and a pitching coach second. Um, So it's interesting that they're adding somebody like him to the mix. Now, my personal little story is I work in the same building as a middle school with the um, varsity baseball coach in town who was Brody Brecht's coach, who Brody Brecht, for those who don't know, probably could have uh, signed out of the high school in the draft for upwards of $5 million, uh, elected to go to school so he could play baseball and football. Uh, he had a wonderful first year according to his high school coach uh, and that his, uh, his velo ticked up from some of the work that they were doing. Uh, and obviously that must've included Lund. He didn't, he didn't mention him specifically, but he just said in part of, being part of that program, he was off to a flying start. So um, that's what I got on Lund.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the things that Roger, and I touched on this briefly was that, uh, I'm, I'm heartened that he was just added to the staff. It, well, he was not a replacement for Nieves. He's not a replacement for any minor league coach. They just added another coach because they can. Um, and yeah, his resume is is super impressive. And, and to your point, Cameron, like, yeah, I think we saw that the Tigers basically blew out most of their medical staff or reassigned them. So I think they're going to bring in more guys like this who kind of are specialists in movement and uh, and see if they can't cut down on some of these injuries because that that obviously played a huge role for the disappointing twenty twenty two season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly right there. Um, someone who's actually a specialist in something, and he isn't just an overall trainer. Um, I don't know. Kevin Rand got the boot after two decades in the organization. Doug Teeter got reassigned. I don't really know how good they – I guess they weren't that good at preventing arm injuries because um, – all of them got injured last year. So hopefully, uh, hopefully a specialist uh, can help fix this.
0: Yeah. So, I I mean, you know, Harris said a lot of things. I don't know if we want to get into every, every little bit, you know, he he talked about Javier Baez being the shortstop. I don't think that shocks any of us really. I I mean, I'm sure there's a segment of the fans that that want them to go sign Correa or Bogarts or, you know, Trey Turner. (laughs) Uh, And I, I think, you know, everybody would, want that right I, I just don't think it's terribly realistic when they just dropped 160 million dollars on, on bios or whatever i don't know how much they spent but um but yeah well, that's the one thing what, what's that you
2: well the one thing i'll say there is Al Avila dropped 160 million on him not scott harris Yeah, so, no
0: and that's true that's true um and you do wonder in what way harris wants to clean up avila's mess uh, Yep. could it could it be through you know, replacing his big free agent signings i it wouldn't shock me if they look into trading Eduardo Rodriguez, for example, because uh, I think he probably still has some decent trade value based on his mm-hmm. contract. not too exorbitant. I mean, he had a terrible year, obviously, with uh, the personal issues. But I think some teams might still be interested there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was anything else that, that jumped out of Harris's comments that you guys really wanted to touch on. I'm, I'm happy to t- we could discuss any and all of them. I mean, uh-huh. We talked about Candelario. We talked about trying to get Andrew Chapin back.
2: Well, you know, it was interesting when when they brought when he when he spoke about Baez and saying he's going to be at shortstop. I'm fully comfortable with the idea that that's probably ninety two percent true. Okay, but I was just think that if one of the shortstops, a premium player, lingers on the market, um, why wouldn't the Tigers get involved? Uh, they have the money. They have the av- availability to accommodate somebody like that, uh, even positionally, because Baez can go and play second, although he would be a very expensive second baseman, I suppose. But uh, there are, you know, with four quality shortstops on the market, there's a good chance one of them is, is sitting there at the end. And I, I firmly believe that for this team to compete in 2023, if that is the goal, uh, they need to add premium hitters Probably via free agency more so than trade because I just don't believe they have anything to trade. Yeah, I th- I would be
3: okay with the shortstop, if it was just on a shorter term deal. Like, I don't like the idea of locking in Bogarts you know, through his age, you know, 37 38 season. If you can get him on a shorter term deal, I would be a-, a lot more open to it. But like Correa, I don't think Correa is accepting anything less than you know. 300 million probably over 10 years like so I just don't see it in the cards um, but I would be open to it but like I said maybe you just waited out like the twins did last offseason with Correa but that that remains to be seen
0: Yeah, and, and um, you know Harris did say that they're gonna they're gonna listen to everybody they're gonna you know examine every free agent. And I don't I I kind of take him at his word there. I mean I I am sure that they're not actually gonna like seriously entertain the idea of getting Aaron Judge or something like that. But I'm sure they'll check in just to see like, hey, what's you know, what's what are we looking at? Um but one thing he did not explicitly mention on his own was catcher, the catcher position, which is kind of odd because rumors have been coming from elsewhere about the Tigers potentially being in on Wilson Contreras. Yep
2: so
3: Who wants oh, to John. Oh, yes. That's what I've been waiting for. Because I've been on the bandwagon for this. I was like, screw Korea took America. I'm Contreras to uh Comerica. Um, I don't know, man. I this doesn't solve a lot of their problems. And if I'm being like realistic, like I just saw a comment it said uh uh like the Tigers were connected to like uh Kirk and Danny Jansen or maybe Sean Murphy of the, the A's. I think if I'm being realistic, those are probably better options. But I just think, I, I don't know, the fan in me is saying Contreras, but if I'm being realistic, yeah, like th- those options. I, definitely Sean Murphy. I really like the idea of Sean Murphy here. But I also don't mind the idea of giving Hase the opportunity to start at catcher and, and Jake Rogers, who's going to come back from injury. But I think if there's a big name, you know, ticket free agent that they're going to sign, it'll probably be Wilson Contreras.
1: Contreras makes the most sense as a free agent signing. Um, the Tigers luck out with the uh, qualifying offer, right? Mm-hmm. I think they only have to give up a third round pick. Most everyone else would have to give up a second round. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he smashes the ball. He hits the ball hard. His OPS well above anyone else on the Tigers team in 2022. Um, his defense is about league average. Um, so that may, be, that may be a blind spot. Um, and not really sure how good he would be at calling games. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Contreras would be a good pickup through free agency. I think the A's would want too much for Sean Murphy. I don't think the Tigers have enough to give them for Sean Murphy and Jansen would probably be a more realistic option through trade, but I think Contreras, they should be in the market for.
2: Yeah. When, when the Contreras news from, from John Paul Morosi uh, broke the other day, that was an immediate thumbs up for me. Um, he almost automatically becomes their best hitter. Uh, you know he can catch. He can play a little first base. So he'll be able to DH at times. Uh, they should be able to get him in the lineup a lot. He he, he uh, walks a fair amount, I believe. So uh, I like the guy. I think that would be uh, again. If they want to compete in 23, they need a couple of premium hitters. Uh, he would qualify from the catching position, no question.
3: Yeah, I'm curious. Like for the viewers watching uh, in the comments, how many? How much would you give Wilson Contreras? Like what? What are you comfortable? Is it five years, $80 million? Five years, 100 million? I'm kind of curious what you guys value him as. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what I was going to ask next. Is uh, I, I don't think you're going
0: to get Contreras for under at least four years, probably looking at four or five years, and probably eighteen to twenty million a year. Um, and he's he's gonna, he's you know a catcher entering his age thirty one season. There haven't been a ton of contracts handed out to players like that. I was thinking back of you know the Tigers did it with VMART uh twice basically they did it uh they did it with pudge uh brian McCann, I think got a five year deal from the Yankees back in the day. Yasmani Grandal I want to say got a four or five year deal. But uh I mean that's you're you're talking about the top of the market. And to me I just I do wonder if, if it's what do they say if the juice is worth worth the squeeze. Like you mentioned you know, Eric Haas was was okay last year. He actually produced a decent offense by the end of the season. And to me, defense is just so much more important for a catcher than offense. Like, you know, Contreras' offense is great for a catcher. It's, you know, if he's a DH catcher, it's not all, not as good. You know, he's a 260 hitter with, like, 20 home runs a year. It, it's it's fine. So, I do wonder if they would be better off just going out and getting a primary defensive catcher. You know, that's what Tiger's fans are tired of seeing. You know, they've tried this several years in a row. and It hasn't really worked out
1: in your Google
0: yeah. Uh They did go the offensive route once with uh, – with Wilson Ramos, and that's a disaster, too. So, I
1: don't know. Well, it, it just is.
0: I, I, I wonder if maybe their money is better spent elsewhere than behind the plate. Although, I, I do think catching is incredibly important. But, uh, that, I tend to think that trade that is probably the more realistic route.
3: Yeah. We'll look at like the Astros with like Maltine Maldonado. Like, that's not a guy that's getting paid a lot of money, but he, he does his job defensively. And maybe that's all you need out of a catcher. I mean, I think it's a bonus to have. Offense from your catcher, but you know, not at that price, yeah. And, and
0: supposedly, the Astros actually wouldn't try to trade for Contreras at the deadline. I think I saw that, and and uh, Astros owner, yeah, uh,
1: Nick shot him. it down, yeah.
0: And who knows what's going on there? That's that's one of the weirdest uh dynamics in baseball right now, you know, that Jim Crane and Bob Click or whatever. Is it Bob Click, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting though, because of all the big name free agents. We've discussed, people have talked about Judge, Correa, Bogart, Turner. Uh, I think even touched, uh, somebody in the, the comments mentioned Brandon Nimmo, and you've just uh, spun <laughs> around in a circle with Contreras. Um, oh, no. I, I feel like Contreras actually is the most reasonable, like, if they were to sign a, a big-name free agent, he's, like, the one that would make the most sense and most probability, but I still view it as, like, under 30%. So, feel I
3: don't know, right. we'll see.
0: I'm not sure we'll hear more rumors.
3: Okay. <laughs> you you, all right yeah
0: oh can't hear you uh, yeah upside down um okay but, and he's gone and it's gone well that's uh that reminds me of my you know i i, I put out uh by the way make sure everybody uh, you know checks out all our great content at woodward sports right i probably should mention that from the drop Roger's is very good at the housekeeping things. i'm not uh, I just wrote two articles about the Tigers today. One was about uh, potential free agent relievers. That was kind of backing up on, on Rogers' piece about uh, potential free agent starters. And uh, roughly 10 minutes after free agency began, the Padres locked up one of my options for the Tigers uh, for five years. So that's to that. Uh, they but, gave
1: him a lot of money for, and he's not even a dedicated closer. So
0: yeah, Robert Suarez, but he, you know, he, he, he's a great story. A guy that didn't even start pitching professionally until he was 24. He was just like a janitor. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he went from Mexico to Japan, blew out his arm in the, the World Baseball Classic, and then he's thrown 101 in the majors as a 31-year-old rookie. It's a cool story. Um, but we didn't, we didn't discuss – we kind of touched on it. We didn't really discuss all the other roster moves they made today, I don't think. We mentioned that uh, – did we touch on Das Cameron being gone, claimed by the Orioles? Uh yeah, so.
3: yeah, future all-star for the Orioles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not expecting too much. Josh Lester, uh, the the bummer of a story there, you know, he's been in the minors forever and got five at bats and couldn't get a hit. And now he's back off the 40 man, although it wasn't a surprise. Um he, uh, and then the big,
1: Lester like elected his, free agency, right? He I, I think City. So.
0: I know I he, think so. yeah, he did
1: he was a free agent last
0: year too, and they re-signed him. And I, I think his yeah. uh his stipulation was that he wasn't going back to Erie. It's like, um, keep me in AAA all year, dude. That,
1: that's um, fair.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the other names were huge prizes. But we can, if we want to, open the floor here for for you to eulogize Victor Reyes. Oh. Uh,
2: <laughs> kind of go, go ahead, you. Well, you know, it's um, first off, I'll bet you he does. I bet you he takes that bath as a tiger next year. That'll be my first bet, uh, right out there. I'll bet somehow he's going to worm his way back in. Um, I always loved Vic Reyes. The, the, I'll make the, the long story short as possible here. I was on a chat room with a bunch of friends when they drafted him as a rule five guy. He was two for 33 and everybody was saying he got to cut him. He's terrible, blah, 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 blah. Uh, as a rookie, my feeling was he was getting four at bats a week and everybody's picking on the poor kid. So I kind of adopted him as my cause. <laughs> uh, so I was his biggest fan. Um, you know, he developed into a decent bench player. Not a great player, not even probably a good player, but somebody who could play some positions and run the bases, and he got some big hits. He had his moments, so I'll miss him. Um, but some part of me thinks that uh, we'll see him again.
3: Never say never.
0: Yeah, well, he you know, did elect free agency, but yeah, I mean, I could see him back in Tigers a minor league deal. Who knows? The only other, I mean, so that so we also who was it? They they got. Luis Castillo, uh, Jermaine Palacios was just kind of uh, odd because they had added him just a month ago, Yeah, you know, kind of a utility infielder from the, the twin system. But we saw right before they made that announcement, they also added Andy Ibanez, a utility infielder from the Rangers. So I think this is this is kind of going to be typical of what we see from Scott Harris, just just cruising that waiver wire. Yes, uh, and anybody who's in like fantasy keeper league probably knows people like this who are constantly drafting and adding guys, but they hit on one. And I think that's probably what we're going to see for merit, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think
2: any of the other names surprised me. How but you guys? We, we look at Andy Abanez, you know, uh, he had a pretty good year in uh, 21 for a bench guy, some decent numbers there. So you can see there's some ability last year. He took a step back. I don't know why, or if he was hurt or whatever. Um, but I think you're right. I think they should be churning the bottom of the roster continually. Uh, I think that's the way to go as a rebuilding team. Actually, I think that's the way to go as a good team even. Um, always trying to make yourself 1% better, 2% better in your organization. It, that should be a constant daily goal.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and I, I kind of – I mean, the, the Tigers technically still have Harold Castro, but I viewed Ibanez as kind of a, a mild upgrade on Harold Castro. He he's, controls the strike zone better. He theoretically has a little more usable power, and he's a better defender
1: yeah,
0: at, uh, in the uh, infield. So uh, that could be an upgrade there. We'll see. I wanted to get this up here from Taylor Schick. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name, but uh, what about Omar Navarez, who wasn't terrible recently? I think that's a completely reasonable backup option to catcher. Not backup option. I think that's an option. He's a, is a left-handed hitter who, who has had some decent offensive seasons. He turned himself into a pretty good framer, I believe. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they go after him, if they're looking for a catcher. But, again, that was not something Harris really mentioned, which maybe means that's their main priority.
3: Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. Yeah. One uh one topic I had, I actually got a question about this, is that we saw the Tampa Bay Rays are looking to sell off. They, they traded uh, G-Man Choi. Now obviously we know uh one of the, I believe it was a scouter scouting from the Rays uh do you guys see any like potential trade candidates from Tampa Bay Well, like one guy so I was like Nick Anderson or something anything anything there
2: yeah, I think they actually released Nick anderson today
3: really okay Yeah.
2: and there's a guy with a with a strong arm i mean if if you want to take a a lottery ticket chance at somebody that that'd be a decent guy i don't, I don't know how badly he was hurt um but, you know, when you look at think about the Rays, I mean, the first word that you hear all the time is depth, right? They have a lot of guys uh, who are target, you know, probably have a ticket to play in the majors someday. So when we talk about things like looking to make small moves and get 2 or 3% better, uh, you know, if you want to take a couple guys off the end of their roster to help them uh, with a roster crunch and be an upgrade on some of the direct that the Tigers might be carrying, yeah, Tampa makes a lot of sense to be uh, poking around in their system.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like they always are trying to make room for more prospects than they have uh, or have room for. So I think at the end of last year, we saw them make a trade with, with Cleveland, even to, to, uh, I, I look at it more like the Tigers might be able to get trade from like a low level minor league prospect depth to Tampa to get somebody who's kind of a borderline prospect right now. Like uh, there was a a kid that I don't remember where, who, who Tampa got him for, but Austin Shenton, I think was, uh, I want to say he played at Mississippi. He's like a a big chunky third baseman who hits for power and gets on base at a decent clip. Like, well, that's a guy that the, the Rays probably don't necessarily want to throw on the 40 man, but they, maybe they don't want to lose him, So maybe they'll trade, trade him for, I don't know, some random, you know, Tigers a ball player that
2: that they yeah. think has potential. some but, kid in the Caribbean who throws ninety eight you know or whatever
0: yeah. give him give him Marco Jimenez yeah um, <laughs> although I think he needs to be protected too but he won't well, and the
2: Rays running. have a lot of middle infield guys too who um, they're never going to be able to use them all I mean some of them are going to yeah. have to move uh, I mean, great we're Jones talking
0: about guys like that yeah people were talking about Brandon Lau being a trade target. um I don't know about that, but they do it. They have Taylor Walls. They have, they're have they not going to trade Wander Franco. But like you said, yeah, Greg Jones. There's a couple other uh shortstop types. Do it, I don't think is considered much of a, a, a big-time prospect anymore. But,
1: you know, maybe he needs a second chance in a different organization. Get Isak Paredes back? Oh, I,
3: <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling it was going.
0: <laughs> He's not a yeah. left-handed infielder.
3: No, but Brandon Lowe is. But also, it's like, I don't know, man. Trading with the Rays? I don't know if that's a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, you you can't be scared to, to yeah. trade with any... Like, obviously, it didn't work out this year, <laughs> but I thought that yeah. I, I think we all thought it was a decent trade. And like, you know, the, the the Twins traded Nelson Cruz to the Rays and got Joe Ryan out of it, and that worked out just fine. So, so
2: yeah, you got to you, know, you got to target a guy you believe in and go get him, and trust yeah, your Edwards. own evaluators.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now we don't know if, if uh, Harris has all the trusted evaluators in place just yet. So who knows, but true. So, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was basically all the player movement, right? We didn't. uh...
3: Oh, and Justin Verlander opted out. Just Yeah. Verlander opted out. I don't know if you guys want to get into that or not. (laughs) (laughs) Not not yet. (laughs) Not
2: yet. Okay. There's always room on my team for him.
3: No, absolutely, and
0: and I understand Tiger fans wanting him back. Everybody wants it back. He's he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. I just it's hard for me to picture him going anywhere that isn't a ready-made contender. Correct. We know he wants to keep winning, uh, both games and championships. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, but I I I think I picture Verlander getting like, like the Max Scherzer deal, right? Where it's like three years, forty million a year, something crazy like that, and. uh,
3: yeah, and you just think for this Tigers team that has so many specific needs, if you're gonna give out that amount of money, like you could divide that, you know, 35, 40 million into three or four, you know, solid players and, and make this roster a whole lot better than just giving it to one player. So I just think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. I think the possibility of it happening is more likely this offseason than last offseason, but I I wouldn't get our hopes up. <laughs> it, maybe one day, but it's it's
1: not gonna be probably next year it's it's gonna hurt seeing him as a yankee <laughs>
0: you yeah. know i think he should stay in orange in some capacity mm-hmm. the giants san know. francisco go to baltimore you know like that, that,
1: yeah that would be fun man that would uh also fit everyone wants verlander to come back to play the 2006 kenny rogers role being mm. the vet arm and a young rotation baltimore fits <laughs> that he be a vet in a
2: Pretty much any any Young any right team there, that has
1: playoff aspirations, he's a fit.
2: There's really no one say, oh, he, he doesn't fit. He fits <laughs> everywhere. Yeah,
0: Atlanta. Maybe 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 the Mets lose to Grom and gain Verlander. Sure, oh, boy. Verlander and are back together. No reason
2: <laughs> why that couldn't happen. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, I don't know if, if there were any other hardcore topics we wanted to, to really hit on, or we want to just take these questions already. Well, we we're
2: going to talk about the, the automatic strike zone. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, Joel Sherman reports today that all AAA fields will be um, uh, getting the technology for the ABS, the automated strike zone. And um, uh, they're going to alternate or have some kind of formula where uh, for some games it will be all pitches uh, called via the, the, the system. Uh, In other games, they will uh, try a challenge system. So that should be very, very interesting to see which system gets the uh, better commentary and which one they ultimately use.
0: Yeah, and we saw that a little bit in the Florida State League this year. I remember watching games that were all automated strikes and uh, and other games where the, the hitters and catchers and pitchers got the challenge. And it was, I kind of enjoyed the challenge system. It, I think we talked about this before. It was just—it was just kind of like, you know, now hitters, they get super frustrated with a call. They can—they get the the joy of calling you up on it and being right, or the frustration of knowing that they were wrong. And it's kind of <laughs> fun to see it affect an entire event. But, uh, but obviously, I—I I don't know. I, I think ideally you want to get every call right, but, uh, but there's a little bit of added fun in that
2: regard to me. It's just just cool. still making you—you uh, know—a little bit of strategy in it. Definitely there will be strategy because, you know, some guy will get, like you say, a little frustrated and ask for a challenge and have it be denied and have that be their last challenge of the game. And then the next inning, someone's going to get, you know, rung up on a strike three that's four inches off the plate. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, like, that, and it should be fun. And that, that's my only,
0: my only real issue with uh, the automated strike zone is – what it does to the kind of the, the, great command pitchers who are so good that they can consistently hit the glove. If it's two, three inches off the plate in like, are, do we want to punish guys for, for having control that good? They're, they're trying to get, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, obviously they want more balls in play and stuff, but when guys are that good, it feels wrong. We're like, no, it's a ball. I know you threw it exactly where you wanted it 99 miles an hour, but uh, sorry
1: or the pitch was so much movement where it starts in the zone and then
2: yeah, ends whatever. up three
1: inches outside. Like, how do you, I mean, technically it's a ball, but I mean, the pitch had so much movement that.
0: Yeah. But it I, is, I think, I do think it's good that uh, they are, they're experimenting with it at higher levels uh, in the minors and stuff like that. Like uh, it was funny. What was I think I they're going to find
2: out too that, you know, that the technology isn't perfect. You know, I mean, you'll hear a lot of umpires talking about uh, how it's still a 2D look at the yeah. pitch. Uh, and, you know, we don't live in a 2D world. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it, it, there is some question of how perfect it's going to be. People expect perfection now. I don't know if it's going to be perfect. I think there will be some issues. Um, they showed that really good, you know, this year um, where... On the uh, the Cardinals are playing the Mets and the, the Mets system, whatever system they use had it a strike same pitch on the mm-hmm. Cardinal system was a ball. <laughs> you know yeah. So uh, now that's not the system probably that MLB will be using, but it still tells you that you know not everything is, is synced up as it needs to be. Now as an umpire, uh, I feel bad for the, for the umpires losing that part of the gig if they do. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm more in favor right now of the challenge system. I think that could be a lot of fun. I would give every team one challenge per inning, and uh, uh, also then, if they're right, they they continue getting a challenge until they get one wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that seems pretty fair. No, I, yeah, you
0: shouldn't you shouldn't lose challenges if you're if you're overturning bad calls. I, I do want to you know Joey Cruzel here, Cruzel. I don't sorry, Joey. I don't want to say your last name. Uh, I think it's going to be similar to the first year of instant replay. Lots of bumps before teams figure out how to use it properly. I I think that's right. And one thing I think we also forget, uh, and and for reasons that aren't worth explaining, I went back and was watching the 1995 AFC championship game the other day uh, between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, And it was striking to watch old football games and see catches that are just accepted as catches that, that would not be catches at all anymore. Like the way that replay by being able to slow everything down and look at every angle, uh, you know, there are guys back then, they they made amazing catches and dropped the ball immediately as they hit the ground. And it was just fine. And now we know there's like an eight step process afterward. And, and even, yeah, that, that play ended with a, with a kind of an infamous Hail Mary attempt and they immediately ruled it, uh, not a catch on the field. And I think that was it. Um, and part of me is like, well, that's fun. It's just over. <laughs> But the other part is like, oh, huh, in, in modern days, we would have taken about eight minutes to look at every single angle of that. And I do think there's going to be an element of that, that. We'll see if when they, they install the, you know, the the pitching systems, it'll it'll be like, well, this pitch did cross the zone, uh, it, you know, in the first ten percent of it, but didn't go all the way through. Like, there's going to be increments of us understanding what is and what isn't a strike. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be perfected ever. But I don't think it will be good probably for another five or six years.
1: The moment an Alex Lang two-seamer starts outside the zone, ends up in the zone, and then it's called a ball, I'm going to be on a yeah. tirade on Twitter.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we did, yeah. yeah it, that's a good point that you bring that up, that, that he won uh, Pitching Ninja's, what, two-seamer of the year?
1: Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, it's a great Dallas category.
0: Show, I think Jackie Colson won that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'll just say this about Alex Lang. It bums me out that he didn't throw that pitch more often. He he threw his four-seamer most of the time, and and that is his worst pitch, even though it's like 97 miles an hour. I just get spanked. It's an
1: unfortunate I, word, but I, I think they figured that out in August when he had that yeah. very rough month of like, okay, we're going back to the two-seamer yeah, first.
3: yeah, but. Um... We did not get into uh, Jamer Candelario. If you guys want to yeah. touch on that, is it, this the end for the Candyman in, in Detroit? I'll
1: tell you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was very high on Candelario going into the season. Uh, I'll be honest. I put $5 on him to win MVP. I think oh it was my. at like, oh, man. I think it was at <laughs> like 6000 or something. <laughs> okay. And, and I mean, with, the four war performance or yeah, the four war three, three and a half war performance the year before, and then a two year war performance and the shortened season. I was like, great candidate. He, he could be a dark horse in this. um Didn't pan out. I do think that he is the best candidate for a rebound. I think, uh I think he'll end up having more plate appearances than Jonathan scope. If he, is on the tigers. I think he's the best shot for, um, comeback player of the year, but with the comments of wanting a left-handed hitter in the infield, um, it makes me worried about his future as a tiger. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I hope he's back. I expect a good comeback from him. Yeah. You know, I kind of agree. I, I've been saying that, uh,
2: I, I, We've been hearing a lot for the last couple of months that oh Candelario is probably gone. I don't necessarily believe that. I think again they're going to have a hard time replacing the entire lineup. Okay, that's going to be very difficult to do. Um, two years ago he was he was a solid baseball player. Uh, did he forget to play how to play uh, you know, over that course of that off season? I doubt it. I think he probably just had some issues um, that are potentially solvable. Uh, I don't see why he's at his age his career is over. Uh, and again, if they're going to bring in, um, uh, they're looking for a right-handed hitting outfielder and looking for pitching, you know, they might need him to play third base. Uh, he's a switch hitter as well. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't think it's guaranteed that he's gone. So the, you know, I mean,
0: I, there, there are a couple ways that I look at it. Uh, it, it is, he's the most fascinating roster decision. I think Harris has because I, what are they projecting about 7 million? maybe seven and a half million for him in arbitration, which feels like a lot for a yeah. guy who was basically a replacement level player last year. But then I, I, I in my head, I go, okay, so what if there was a, a player from a different team who is one year away from leading the league in doubles in a three plus war season and the Tigers can sign him for $7 million. I'm like, well, I mean, that might be a worthy uh, uh, roll of the dice there. So, I mean, I, I wonder if they're pursuing other options with Candelario, like maybe not, not tendering him a contract, but then signing him to a, a different deal. Maybe an incentive laden deal that would have an option year. If things work out. Um, I don't know if Candelario would be open to that thing, uh, something like that. Who knows? But um, I do, I, I feel like they're leaving their options open right now. They might be pursuing something like that because if you notice, like all the roster cuts they made, they still have, almost all the relief are all the infielders. They didn't cut Harold Castro. I mean, Willie Castro is mostly an outfielder. Now they didn't cut him. They didn't get rid of Brendan Davis. They didn't get rid of Cody Clemens. Uh, you know, scope and Baez are there still, of course. So they have, a, and, and then they added a So they've got a bunch of options for the infield. Now, none of them are necessarily great, but I wonder if they're just kind of holding those there in, in case they can't work something out with Canelario. but, uh, I don't know. I think my, my route would be to pursue that kind of secondary deal. See if you can pay him less this year or more this year, if he performs, you know, give him the incentives or, uh, you know, just go elsewhere and maybe play that play some young guys.
3: Yeah. That was uh, the question we had from Mark, uh, a long time listener of the show. He said, would you rather just uh, non tender him and then re-sign him to a lesser dollar amount, which that could be a possibility.
0: Yeah, no, I, and, and Mark said at this point, I, I would let him fill the position for one more year until the, the prospects are ready. I think that's, I think that's fine. I mean, uh, I, I, you get the feeling that Harris really wants to, to put his mark on the roster and make a bunch of moves and stuff like that. But he's also shown us that he's not the type to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. We, uh, like, you know, Raj and I have been very pleased with the progress the player development staff made over the last year. For the most part, you know, we saw a lot of progress from prospects. Parker Meadows, Vince Perez are, are namely uh, two of the big ones. But, you know, Wilmer Flores, all these these guys have, have approved over the last year or two. And so we're like, well, oh, geez, I hope he doesn't completely redo the entire player dev development uh, department. And so far, we haven't seen really, really any movement there. I mean, they, they changed the scouting director, uh, but the player dev department's sticking there. And they didn't get rid of their pro scouts. So I think that Harris... As the right idea for, kind of, you know, managing change for change sake, and keeping what might work. So, I don't know. I'm I'm cool with them keeping Candelaria. I'm also cool with them moving on. It's not a huge deal to me, but uh, but uh, I, I guess we'll see it play out here in the next week or so, probably.
1: Yep. You guys have anything to add on, Candy? Uh he has experience at first base. Hypothetically, they get another infielder that they like. Torkelson still struggles. They could play Candy at first base, assuming his bat is back at that league average. One I mean one but league but league average one twenty OPS plus um like it was the last two years. Um, yeah.
3: But didn't uh idea?
1: scott scott harris say
3: they were looking for a first baseman like it was it was something they were still looking at
2: kind of as a short-term filler yeah.
0: potential yeah let's see what um looking right here that day he said we're still really bullish on torkelson we don't view first base as a position of long-term need for us but this winter at that position and every other position we're going to look for ways to get better sure. so that's you know speaking out of both sides of his mouth but no that's a good point about candelario like he does give them an option and a left-handed option uh, for a uh, first baseman. So there is a little bit more versatility there. I think if is has played first base too and Clements has played, like they have a bunch of dudes who, who could do that. But Canelario Scope. is the only one who's actually, yeah, Scope. Canelario is the only one who's actually yeah, had a good season, I guess Scope has too. But, um, we also got some questions from somebody named Cameron. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if we want to touch on those at all. I forgot what I even asked. Uh, well, first you asked where Raj was. Uh, he answered. He's at a concert. Uh, you asked, will Dance Cameron get playing time and succeed with the Orioles?
3: What do we uh, think, guys? Uh, Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Their outfield is pretty set, right? They have there. They have Austin Hayes. Uh, they have Cedric Mullins. So Yeah. yeah. Now, they, I don't... There
0: have been rumors of them trading Cedric Mullins. I don't know why they would do that, but um,
2: yeah, I was, you know, so define yep. success. You know, um, if he's their fourth outfielder, hits two forty, hits eight or ten homers, sticks in the big leagues. I mean, it's probably a success for him com- compared to where he's been.
3: Yeah. So for for you, Chris, since you're so like in uh, you know in tune with all like the prospects and stuff, where do you think like Cameron went wrong? At what do you think? You know, because we had expectations of being. At least a lot of people thought he could be the future center fielder. What do you think happened there? Yeah, you know,
0: I I don't know entirely. He he definitely showed flashes of just about you know all five tools, and there were times when I saw him in the minors when he looked he was completely locked in and he was hitting the ball. When he's at his best, he's hitting the ball hard the opposite way and, and yep. to right center, which I actually think might work well at Camden Yards because you're not doing anything to left field anymore. Um, but I, there are also a couple of funny stories we have. Uh, Raj and I went down there a couple of years ago when, when Doug Minkiewicz was still the coach and I was after the game and I asked Minkiewicz about Daz Cameron and Minkiewicz did not mince words. He was like, these guys are in for a real awakening when they get to the major leagues. They were like, oh, geez. Um, and he did not like uh, Daz Cameron. And the funny thing about that is I tried to interview Daz Cameron before the game. And they said, Oh, he's in the film room. And then we did interview him after the game. I'm like, so what were you doing in the film room? He was like, oh, I was just watching TV. Like, all right. Okay. So maybe that's my only experience. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe not entirely dedicated to his craft. I don't know. Uh, it was the end of a long, awful triple A season. So I wouldn't blame him if he's in there watching, you know, uh, whatever Star Wars movie was out at the point. But, uh, yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes guys just need another shot. And the one thing that, that, I noticed or I thought of was that you know Baltimore's GM is Mike Elias, who was the scouting director in Houston when they drafted Daz Cameron. Yeah. So there may be something there that, that he he still thinks you can unlock in Daz Cameron um and, and make him useful. And it wouldn't shock me. You know, he's always had a, a solid collection of tools. It's just uh, he, he didn't get a ton of consistent playing time in Detroit and he didn't do a whole lot with it when he did get to play. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not expecting a ton, but who knows? Maybe he, he goes full Paredes. <laughs> oh, <man.
3: laughs>
1: not as a righty yeah. at uh, Camden Yards. but Yeah. Let's so oh, see. Uh,
0: Cameron, you also asked uh, would you rather spend for Contreras or trade for Danny Jansen? I think we kind of touched on that, right? Yeah. I think I'd, I'd rather go the trade route, but we'll see. And then the last one you asked was uh, what to make of special assistance. Jim Leland, Alan Trammell, Kirk Gibson, and Willie Horton coming back. Uh, And and Lance Parrish, too, I believe.
1: Uh, To answer my own question, I mean, (laughs) I I love all of them. Um, I got into arguments in the athletic uh, article that Cody Stavenhagen wrote on the GM meetings. People are apparently furious that Jim Leland, Kirk Gibson um, are coming back to be special assistants. I think they have a misunderstanding of what a special assistant actually does. <laughs> like Jim Leland isn't in the boardroom. This isn't like money ball where Jim Leland's like in the boardroom talking as a scout on who they should hire or not. Like he's just the old wise wizard that Scott Harris may come to one day to ask for some sage advice. Um, I think out of all the people that are special assistants, Alan Trammell is the only one with an actual like day-to-day job with the team. So I think anyone who's butthurt or anything about the special assistants is kind of ignorant on what their jobs really entail. Well, I think
2: the big thing to say would be it's not like the Tigers are the only ones keeping old names afloat. Uh, in their in their golden years okay you go around the league uh, you see a lot of guys like this you know uh, if you ever went to a Minnesota twins game uh Tony Oliva uh, is a fixture there and he was always called some kind of advisor you know and uh, there was always a bunch of other guys around as well so you know it's fine if I don't know what these guys really add Um uh, other than, you know, kind of a gateway to the golden years uh, when when the Tigers were successful. uh, If they help anybody do anything, it's a bonus. Uh, If they're getting paid anything, it's it's money out of Illich's pocket. Who cares? And so, I I mean, I I can provide what I
0: I think they add. And it's true. I've seen – we've been to the minor league parks. We've seen Alan Trammell out there playing infield with the prospects, teaching them the proper way to do things. Like, he's out there. He's a legit coach. Uh, and he's a Hall of Famer, so there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but there's also nothing wrong. I think we all want the Tigers to be, like, super advanced and, and you know, use analytics and all that stuff. There's, there's, there's something to be said for wisdom and for having played and lived baseball for decades, and um, they, they will call Jim Leland in to look at a pitcher just from the stands to see what he thinks, because he's seen more pitches than 99.9% of the people on the planet. Like, he Might not be the world's best evaluator, but he's probably gonna have a better idea than most people. And then there's just there's there's all the the non-baseball stuff, at least the, the off-the-field stuff that fans don't appreciate. Like uh, I don't know, maybe you got a young married player and he's having some issues. Who's he gonna talk to? Do you think Lance Parrish dealt with something like that in his life? That's that's valuable. It, maybe you're a young, maybe you're a young African-American player for the Tigers and, and you want to try to get a perspective. Or, or kind of understand what it means to play for Detroit. Is there anybody better to talk to than Willie Horton? And I don't think so. Like, so these guys do offer value. I mean, for the most part, they're just kind of collecting retirement checks, but they mean something in the organization and they do provide value uh, players if they need it. Uh, Lance Parrish, is just a great dude to talk to. Raj and I talked to him for like a half an hour one day about baseball uh, in in. Just fun to talk to, and that's it's good to have around. It's good to have people who love baseball around. Yeah, um, yeah. If they're not they're not making roster decisions, then there should be no concern whatsoever. And these are these are Tigers lifers, and he, there's nothing wrong with having people who love the Tigers being around your players who are on the Tigers.
3: Yeah, I opinion. saw I saw Raj in the comments. I knew he couldn't stay away for long. Uh, Is that he, Raj? Yeah, that's Raj. He said, uh, uh,
0: "Secretly spying."
3: Yeah, he gave some credit to Alan Trammell. So.
0: He does. He de- Trammell's out there, in in he's sweating just as much as the players. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those are good questions, Cameron. And also, thanks for joining us. Um,
1: <laughs> to add on, Jim Leland, he's been around forever. He's also managed a lot of different personalities. I mean, it gets brought up every spring training. The dude cussed out Barry Bonds, yeah. star young player, like – he doesn't care who you are. He'll let you have it. He'll put you in your place. He'll, I mean, and I mean, the whole Miguel Cabrera stuff earlier and his Tigers tenure, like he's been around the block. He, he's a great coach. No one has no player has any said anything bad about him. Um, So I think he's, he's great to have around the organization.
0: And, 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 you know, I, I believe, 90% Ninety percent of managing is, is basically managing the personalities, right? And so, I mean, that's a, a board. He may be in the Hall of Fame one day. Uh, probably should be. But
1: um, he's he's up then. for election next year. Nice.
0: Yeah. So we a uh, couple more questions we had. We had uh, tangible uno, our buddy Pat, who's been on the show before, covers the uh, the Guardians and, and does a great job covering uh, you know black baseball players throughout history. Uh, he said hey, our thoughts on Dylan Smith's potential with his kitchen sink arsenal, and great command and feel. Um, now, I don't know how familiar any of you guys are with Dylan Smith, but if you if you want to chime in, I, I'd like to hear it. I, th-
3: I don't know. Go ahead. I feel like, Chris, this is your fifth. I don't know. Well,
2: he's big dude from Alabama, right? And he uh, uh, doesn't have the velo I thought he would have. I remember it from college. Was he basically sitting 92, 93 this year? Am I wrong about that? No, that's – yeah, he, he would touch 95 Occasionally, yeah. But yeah, it was mostly 91 94. Um, but he looks like he, you know, definitely has some potential. He's a big dude. I mean, if he's not a starter, he's a relief pitcher for sure. Um, but you know, you probably have him ranked what maybe 12th, 13th around Tiger prospects. I, uh, he's they, certainly on the radar for
0: as soon as later this year. Yeah, I'm gonna look at uh, the Tigers minor league report real quick because we just released our 20 top 25. I think we had him like
2: 15th or 16th.
3: Okay. Yeah. Do you guys like him better as a reliever or a starter?
2: Well, I, I'm always, you know, and I'm, I'm, this is not some groundbreaking opinion, but I let him start until he proves he can't do it. So, <laughs> um, you know, another year for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, with, with Smith, um, he's actually,
0: we, re, so we actually had him 18th, which, uh, you know, in retrospect might be a little bit low, but, um, I do. I view him as a potential starting pitcher. I think uh, we ran into him in the press in the box a couple times at West at least once. Uh, he's not as big as, as you think. He's like 162 and pretty lean, uh, but it's a really smooth, like kind of athletic delivery. Like he, he seems like a guy who could project for plus control and command down the road. Just he repeats his delivery well. But yeah, it, it just, he didn't seem to quite have the, the arsenal just yet to be a dominant starter. It's a, like you said, it's a low 90s fastball. He had a a, a slider that was kind of would flash above average in a curve. And then he's kind of developing what we thought was a split change. We're trying to think, like, I remember looking like zooming in at his fingers from a YouTube or a Twitter clip like, oh, is that a Vulcan change? What's going on there? Uh, and we didn't ask him. We should have just asked him, but I think it's a split change. But yeah, I mean, we, we were around some scouts that Liked his operation, liked the way he looked. I, I mentioned on Twitter that one scout compared him to Oil Can Boyd, which is as much a body comp, I think, as, as a stuff comp. But Oil Can Boyd was was a good pitcher back in the uh, the 80s and 90s. Um, so I I he wouldn't shock me if he's one of those guys who takes a, a big developmental leap this year. I just think he's a little bit farther behind some of the other pitchers right now.
3: Okay. Um, so, yeah, there was also... From from Mark, we had the the question about Candelaria, but the first half of his question I thought was really interesting. He said, um, "What do you guys what do you guys think uh-huh. is more important to this team? Is it prospect flexibility? So, are you more concerned with building up the flexibility? I think that was a really good question. So I, I don't
0: you cut out a little bit there. I don't know if everybody heard it.
3: So basically, what what do you guys value more? Is it prospect flexibility in terms of building up the farm system, or is it financial flexibility and having, you know, caps, uh, you know, money, you know, freed up to spend? What do you guys think so is more important? Didn't
2: his question was kind of along the lines that signing Contreras would have to sacrifice draft picks, right?
3: Yeah, but then trading for another catcher would
2: be uh, would be sacrificing prospects. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know, again as someone who's not a GM and there will never be a GM and is only guessing from afar. My question is, does he want to compete in 23 or are we looking out farther? Um, If we're looking at 23, then you sign a a Wilson Contreras or a Xander Bogarts and you give up the draft pick and you move forward and you go out there and put your best nine on the field and try to win. Uh, If that doesn't look feasible to him uh, for 23, then, you know, I'm not sure I trade for a Danny. You know, I give up very little for a Danny Jansen too. I would sign Barnhart to be honest. I bring him back before I would do anything else because uh, you're not looking to compete. So, t- to me, if they're looking to put a winning team on the field this year, if they think it's feasible. Uh, then I would let the draft pick go and get the player. But you, Cameron, you got any thoughts?
1: Uh, I guess it depends on what bullpen arms Toronto wants. Um, I'm fine with letting go, go of Soto. Um, I like Soto, but I'm fine with getting rid of him. Um, if it's Lang or even Jimenez, I think Jimenez only has one year left. Um, I'd rather keep them if that's uh, who Toronto is looking at. In that case, um, I'd rather just sign Contreras. I mean. I guess the Tigers have a new scouting department and all that, but uh, how many third-round draft picks uh, make it to the majors? So, I'm, I'm I'm fine with Contreras. I'm fine with losing draft pick. Yeah,
0: I mean to me, it's just getting the better player um, for the for the short term and possibly, hopefully, the long term. I think. Uh, I mean, I'm a draft nerd. I like having more draft picks and more draft money, but uh, I also like most prospects you trade don't work out. So uh, it just depends on, on what you, like if you're, I don't know, like I depends on, always depends on what you're giving up, right? If you're giving up Isaac Pacheco, I say, no, thank you. If you're giving <laughs> up uh, Gage Workman, sure. Um, you know, I mean, there's talent there, but I don't know if it's going to work out. So, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where I wouldn't ever like have a hard and fast rule one way or the other try to evaluate getting the best player and if you have to assign them and you lose the, the draft pick that's part of the calculation obviously but you know, i think the tigers last year they they saw austin meadows as the player they needed and they they didn't mind parting with Breddies and they thought it was worth also throwing in a draft pick it didn't look great last year but uh you know you get the talent any way you can so
3: that's my thought uh any any more questions i see two more questions
0: um yeah and more more for catching steve cook asked if we did trade for a starting catcher who would you like
2: and prospect
0: most likely to be traded
2: um well i'll tell you i am uh i've always been a little worried about danny jansen only because he's always hurt so the old uh availability is a great ability <laughs> mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> uh, a troublesome fact for him. Uh, so I don't know if he's really high on my list, depending on what they had to give up, of course.
3: Yeah. I love that. What prospect is most likely to get traded. Um, uh, I'll have to come back to you guys on that, but I think that's an interesting question, but I, I like Sean Murphy a lot, but we already kind of touched on, it. I think you're going to have to give up a little more than we're going to be, you know, willing to for him. Cause he is, you know, just ha- coming off the best season of his career, so I would go with him, but
1: I don't really see that happening. If, if Sean, if the lead package for Sean Murphy was like a Dingler and Jace Young, I think I'd be okay with losing Jace Young. He didn't really show anything in the short amount of time he had in West Michigan, um, and then you can throw really? whoever else oh. wants Oakland. I mean, there, no way. <laughs> I can I can look up what he did in West Michigan, but I don't think it was two. He slashed two thirty two, three seventy three, three thirty three. Um, so his walk and strikeouts: twenty five walks, twenty eight strikeouts. So good well, how, profile yeah. there. But well, how, how many
3: years would you be getting Sean Murphy for? Because if you're going to give up J.C. Young, three.
0: I think uh, you're getting three, at least three. Let's see, he oh, is a free man. agent in twenty twenty six. So yeah.
3: Yeah, three know, years.
0: Uh, and then you could always just resign him, Right. Um, and how,
2: how old is he? 20, he's 27, 28. 28. Okay. Well, he's not, he said that's fine. I, I um, think I would say a, a quick no on, uh, Jace Young. I mean, I yeah. realized if people didn't love what they saw, but I mean, you, you, you took him a 12th overall, um, uh, and you, you've seen him less, you know, a month of playing time in West Michigan. Um, it'd be the longest season of his life. He's a college guy. Uh, he played his whole college season. Now we tacked on the pro season. That's kind of a big adjustment. I would hope we'd see him more, but I will say one thing uh, for the case for trading him um, goes back to what we talked about earlier. That was not Scott Harris's pick. Uh, that was Al pick. So, uh, uh, you know, if Scott Harris sees a movie wants to make, uh, perhaps the idea of moving young is, uh, doesn't tear at his heartstrings very much.
3: Yeah, I saw in the comments, Peyton Graham, that's a guy. Again, he wasn't a Scott Harris pick, so maybe he's a guy that could be moved because we do have Christian Santana. So there's a there's one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely consider Young and Graham and anybody they drafted last year. Um, I think it's one of those things where you're kind of gambling that uh, the guy is maybe not going to work out. Uh, and you're hoping that the team you're trading with had a high grade on them and maybe wanted to draft them, but couldn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the Tigers actually do have some decent, you know, arms. They could trade. Somebody mentioned Ty Madden. I think they, they could move Ty Madden without, getting, uh, you know, feeling too bad about it. Dylan Smith, they could trade. The, the, it just, it really depends. Like, there are only a handful of guys I really would, don't want to see them trade. We, we talked about Colt Keith. I wouldn't want them to trade. Uh, Pacheco, you know, Jackson, Job, if the price is right. No, uh, for, for him, Sean
3: but, Murphy,
0: you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, not necessarily Sean Murphy, but okay, like if we're talking, okay. say, say Toronto wants to trade, uh, instead of Danny Jansen, they want to trade, uh, and not Alejandro Kirk, who's the, uh, I'm blanking Gabe- on there. Gabriel
3: I Moreno. Mean, Mar- I mean, yeah. yeah, I could see that.
0: Okay. I and mean, they probably wouldn't do that, but let's say they do. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I I don't know. I don't uh, I don't know if there's any one prospect that we're gonna is definitely gonna get traded. It's always tough to tell that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think we're gonna see the Tigers move some of their minor leaguers in deals, uh, and it may be minor leaguer for minor leaguer. I remember Scott Harris at the press conference said it wouldn't be appropriate for me to 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 say what the Giants' view of these prospects is. Um, so. And I'm sure that the the Giants uh, had different rankings for the Tigers prospects than the Tigers (laughs) did. So that may be more reflective of what he believes. Um, And our final question was from Tiger Dog. He said, which players do you think will be removed from the Tigers roster to make room for the prospects being added for the Rule 5 draft? The deadline for that is the 15th, I believe. So we're just a few days away. I think the Tigers are 40, 40 players right now. Um, after adding all 10 of the guys on the 60-day injured list. <laughs> um, so I don't know if there's anybody on the roster you guys think is, is probably destined to be removed. It's going to happen. We just don't, you know, got to pick out some yeah. names.
1: Harold Castro, first oh, one. Really? Yeah. Well, no. with the comments of we want a left-handed bat, <laughs> it yeah. kind of yeah. like like Harold's not going to be that, that guy. He's not that guy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Willie Castro, maybe? I think...
0: I, I still think that, that AJ Hinch likes Willie Castro more than people realize. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean they'll keep him. And in some regards, he is kind of like a Victor Reyes, where it's it's like an old-school scout view of a guy who who has the tools, but doesn't necessarily have the skills to to put him to work. The only difference is we saw Willie Castro kind of be okay in the outfield, and uh, and I, I don't know. They may view him as, as a guy who can play outfield and in infield. And, and I, I certainly think he's you know um, on the short list of guys who could be removed. But I I, I see Harold going before him. I think maybe like an the Jesus. I don't think he was uh, removed today, was he?
2: No. Um,
0: I, I was kind of surprised that Zach Short stayed on the roster. Uh, there's. That that could be another like well, like I was talking with Michael Elias and and Daz Cameron. I think Scott Harris was with the Cubs when they drafted Zach Short. Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe he thinks he can get more out of them. But you know Cody Clemens, Brendan Davis. A lot of these guys are just kind of. I don't know if you're going to lose them if you if you take them off the roster. I don't know if somebody else is going to claim those guys.
2: Exactly. I, I think they're fairly safe with the vast with the majority of them uh, mm-hmm. to keep them around in some fashion. I don't. Uh, I tweeted the other day, there was an article, I forget if it was in the Detroit News or, or the free press, it doesn't matter. And I know it's only a headline, and the writer doesn't write the headline, but it said uh, Scott Harris has tough decisions coming up uh, on the roster. And you know, my feeling was you know, we had a lot of dudes who were uh, bobbing up and down on the Mendoza line and didn't hit five home runs and uh, can't draw walks. I don't know how tough these decisions really are. <laughs> they shouldn't be that tough. I mean, this wasn't uh, General Eisenhower giving the go order for Operation Overlord in World War II, you know, whether the weather's going to be good enough. So uh, um, I think definitely one Castro. Uh, I would certainly move on from short. I don't see what the long-term value there is that they couldn't replace in a heartbeat. I mean, that should be a replace replacement-level player. Uh, and empty Jesus makes sense, too. I mean, he's a uh, nice reliever, I suppose. Maybe he has a chance, but uh, they've been, you know, the last couple of years they developed a few guys like that. So I wouldn't worry about losing one.
1: Yep. I mean, they already picked up Zach Short's replacement today off waivers. Yeah. So um, I think Kreidler is honestly the only one who, like, out of all the all the people that were that are fringe, I think Kreidler is the only one who I would keep out of everyone. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I,
0: yeah, I wouldn't uh, give up on Cryler just yet. Uh, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even consider him as an option. Um, but the one thing we don't know, I guess, and, and I'm sure Scott Harris has data on this, has looked at it, it, it's, we so often think about, you know, you got to make room for these players, but, you know, how often do players actually go to another team and stick on a roster? Like, he, he may just be willing to gamble. I, like, I think they're going to add Parker Meadows for sure, and probably Winslow Perez, and probably Reese Olson, and, and then we're we're also thinking Andre Lipsius and maybe Elvis Alvarado. But I don't know if they're going to. I I feel like it could be fewer guys than we think, and they're just going to take their chances that that they don't stick on a big league roster because it's kind of hard to play major league baseball. So yeah, I mean yeah. we saw the Tigers. I don't think they wanted to lose Will, Will Best. They did, and the Mariners after a couple months were like, ah, we we can't wait on this, and the Tigers got him back. Um, so they may be willing to take their chances. Uh, we'll see. I didn't. I didn't really dig into Scott Harris's history with the Giants in the Rule Five Draft and who they protected. But uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting. We'll know soon enough by the next show. We'll know who else is on the on the roster. And but also the fascinating thing right now is is you know we've kind of hyperanalyzed the Tigers' moves today. But there are 29 other teams that are doing the same things right now. So I'm sure they're looking at every single player who's been removed from a roster or who's not going to get added to the 40 man. And there's going to be a ton of movement here in the next week. or two. So you know, I'm kind of excited about it. If this is like deep nerdy baseball stuff, but that's what we're into, right? We have a podcast about the tiger.
2: Yeah. You know, I would love to see them target. All right. Is because the, they, they have a shortstop. They came up with another shortstop. who will probably play second base. I'm talking about the Braves. I wonder if they would move Ozzy Albies.
3: Oh, that's going to cost a lot.
2: Because if they bring back Swanson. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom. You know, they're they're pretty set up the middle. Ozzy was down a little bit this year, you know, f- from the year before. Uh, and then he got hurt. I, I wonder if he's available. Uh, I just probably not. But that's just been something that's been in the back of my mind. <laughs> Uh, you know, do we like him enough as a player?
1: I think that he would be a
2: nice upgrade for the team. Yeah, yeah he's on such a good
1: contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seven years, thirty-five million. Yeah, he's almost a cr- so. it's almost it's a, a criminal a, contract. That you know? is a crime. That's yeah. a crime. Yeah.
0: Um, but you no, know, it wouldn't shock me if if we see kind of a an interesting move like that that nobody really kind of saw coming. The Tigers make a a, a somewhat large trade and land a land a player that's established and a veteran and still pretty good. So I don't know. I, I think you know, we were getting into a big kind of discussion on, on the, the Tigers discord channel and, and there seems to be kind of this, this dread that we're headed for another long rebuild. And, and I was trying to tell people like, I, I just, I don't see Scott Harris making any of those giant free agent signings right now, but I don't, I just, you know, maybe I shouldn't, but I trust him more to to find ways to win and get the, the club in the right direction without making those gigantic financial commitments just yet. I think they'll make them when they're closer to being ready to compete. Um, and who knows? Maybe he took the job because he thinks the Tigers are closer to competing than anybody else. You know, you could you could reasonably argue they should have won ten more games this year, uh, but lost them due to injuries. So. Uh, then you're, you know, a handful of games away from competing for a wild card spot, really. So, I don't know. I'd agree.
1: This is Al Avila's team. Scott Harris wants to make it his team, and then he'll do the big signings. And Scott Harris, they won 109 games in San Francisco with a 40-year-old roster. So, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what
0: magic they were putting in. uh, You know, Buster Posey is like a generational talent who somehow made everybody better all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that probably helped, but, uh, I don't know, maybe they can get Cabrera to do the same thing.
3: Yeah. All but I know is it's, bit. yeah, uh, it's exciting right now. That's all I know. It's, it's, I don't know. I feel like there's some, some hype around the Tigers right now. You
0: know? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hope they make some smart moves and uh, we'll be here to, to cover them all. And then, you know, Raj will be back, uh, next week. I don't know if we're doing a show next week. Probably. If not, we'll be back two weeks. Maybe we'll be back, uh, Earlier than that, if the Tigers make a move, you can count on us doing something. If the Tigers make a move, but uh, yeah, I think that's about it for tonight. I don't know if anybody has anything they want to plug. Uh,
1: John,
3: just someone? just thank you. I guess. All right.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, nice. po- I posted thank a Victor us, Reyes. So thank you. Posted a Victor Reyes uh, tribute video on my Twitter det baseball. Um, spent a whole five minutes making it, but. The rest Twitter. in peace. He's not dead, but he's a free agent. Yeah. So,
0: Twitter is pretty spectacular right now, man. I, I we don't. I mean, we're going to wrap the show up, but it just. Um, I kind of like it when everything's a disaster, and I don't know if you guys saw like the whole Eli Lilly fake tweet fallout.
1: No, no.
0: So somebody created a fake Eli Lilly pharmaceutical corporation uh, Twitter account with the blue check mark, because you can do that for $8 now. And they tweeted yeah. out like, hey, insulin's free for everyone now. <laughs> it's So, it got 10,000 likes and, you know, 7,000 oh, likes whatever. And Eli Lilly had to come out and say like, no, that was a fake account. And now everybody's like, why are you guys such assholes? Why are you charging so much for insulin? <laughs> it's like, that's... it's just a debacle. It's just an immolation of epic proportions. And it's kind of a bummer because we just got 3,000 followers as Doug mentioned. And, uh, and John, and I know you said that out. And it was, it was, it's awesome. And the Tigers minor league repart uh, has almost 11,000, but I don't know if any of that's going to matter in a month or two, <laughs> but we'll find each other. We'll still be doing these shows and you can join us forward. And of course, uh, always check out all the, the content over at Woodward Tigers, Woodward sports, lots of good stuff there covering all the teams we can. And uh, so, yeah, thanks you guys for joining us tonight. And thank everybody who tuned in and we'll see you uh, next week. Probably.
2: Thank Cheers. you.
0: There, I'm trying to end. Th- you know, I probably should end the broadcast like before I. Start-